Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I am your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 76, and we are going to take a look at the Council on Environmental Quality. This is really good. I actually really love this one. It's very interesting indeed. But first of all, I want to give a big shout out to my listeners. So let me go to my list here because you guys, it's it's such a joy to see you online. I absolutely love it. So a big shout out to Massachusetts, Alabama, Ohio, Oregon, British Columbia, Pennsylvania, New York, Texas, Oklahoma, Virginia. All right, and then in terms of countries, we have the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, the Netherlands, Slovakia, South Africa, Japan, and Denmark. Good to see you guys. I've actually met some people from Denmark. They are really nice people. Really unique accent as well. I I was trying to figure out where are they from because I had not heard that accent before, at least not for a long time. And I was like, "Oh, Denmark, awesome. I love it." Okay. So, let's go ahead and get started on this puppy here. So, just a bit of the basics. The Council on Environmental Quality, it was formed in 1969. So that is during the presidency of uh, Richard Nixon. I had to think for a second. I almost said Ronald Reagan, <laughs> but it's Richard Nixon. My apologies. I'm getting my R's mixed up. And it is headquartered in Washington D.C. The current uh, chair of this um, council or department, I guess you could say, is Brenda Mallory, and she seems like a good person. Just from what I've read about her. I'm impressed with her. I really like her style. I really I really like the way she works and how she thinks and that's really good. I absolutely love that. So it's parent agency is the executive office of the president. It's child agency. I don't know what child agency means. I'm guessing it's over something. I'm not sure. Um is the office of the federal environmental executive. I'm not really sure what that means in terms of that. But let's go ahead and dive into this one. It says the Council on Environmental Quality, also known as CEQ, is a division of the Executive Office of the President that coordinates federal environmental efforts in the United States and works closely with agencies and other White House offices on the development of environmental and energy policies and initiatives. The first chair of the Council on Environmental Quality was Russell E. Train under President Richard Nixon. It says since April 14th, 2021, the chair is Brenda Mallory. Talks here a little bit about the mission of this council. It says the CEQ produces an annual report for the president on the state of the environment, oversees federal agency implementation of environmental impact assessments, and acts as a referee when agencies disagree over the adequacy of such assessments. I wouldn't be surprised if agencies don't agree with each other. We've talked about that in a previous podcast. because these agencies they they get very competitive and I I think that's very unfortunate that they behave that way but sometimes we do need a referee kind of one of those things the NEPA task uh, CEQ with ensuring that federal agencies meet their obligations under the act granting the body a significant role in environmental protection through interagency working groups and coordination with other EOP bodies CEQ also works to advance the president's agenda on the environment natural resources and energy. Now I will say this, I do get a little concerned with interagency working groups because it's like I said in a previous podcast where some of these federal agencies it's almost like they're having a pissing contest and I I'm trying to think of a better way to put it or a um, more ladylike way to put it, but I'm not sure how else to describe it. There's just so much competition within these federal agencies because what we need to remember 
is that prior to the EPA being created by President Richard Nixon, we had really no clear agenda or direction on how to handle the environment, how to make it better, how to clean things up. So you had all these different federal agencies that basically wanted to be number one or top dog, but yet not a lot was getting done. And we know that for a fact because prior to the EPA being created, we had quite a few quite a few really bad superfund sites and catastrophes in the United States and not a single one of our federal agencies was handling it appropriately or correctly and they were not cleaning stuff up so god bless president richard nixon for you know taking on that challenge and putting everything under one umbrella and it created accountability and also created an avenue for success and i think that's a wonderful thing to do because the worst thing you can do when you have a problem is number one not address it and number two not take it seriously but he addressed that addressed it very quickly within his uh, his presidency and he appointed some good people and i think some good people have been appointed over the years i think every once in a while we we get a bad apple but i think those people eventually get fired or they resign in terms of those positions and that's just what happens with jobs like this when you work within the federal government but i do think it is important that these interagency working groups that they work together because i've seen in times past where federal agencies they it's just a power trip maybe that's a better um more ladylike way of saying it they they like to have these little power trips well i'll i'll word it another way car minds me in college when we had a greek row you know which is where you have fraternities and sororities on your campus or even off campus but it seemed like the fraternities the, the guys they were just insanely competitive it was all always a power trip during homecoming during the week of homecoming and i couldn't stand it i was in a sorority for probably like a year and a half and that's all i could stand because i'm i'm not a sorority chick i'm very down to earth i say it like it is i don't do drama and um i just really did not get along um with uh quite a few people and i don't mean that in a bad way it's just that i did not make very many friends in my sorority much less outside my sorority if they were in a sorority because i just didn't think you should have to pay for friendship that's what it came across to me so the majority of my friends like 98 to 99% of my friends were pretty much non-greek row people and those friendships lasted way longer they were way more positive and they weren't superficial and it wasn't this combative competitiveness my house is better than yours bs so you know in terms of how to compare this properly i would compare our federal agencies and um our our federal agencies that overlap with each other i would definitely compare it to greek row at a university it's always like someone's trying to outshine someone else and it's like why don't you just focus on what you personally are good at then you don't have to outshine anyone you're just naturally going to shine anyway because of the good work that you're doing that's how i view it that's been my experience but needless to say let's go ahead and move on with the history and origins of this organization or this office I should say it says United States Congress established the CEQ within the executive office of the president as part of the National Environmental Policy Act of 1969 also known as NEPA during the Richard Nixon administration the CEQ was assigned additional responsibilities by the Environmental Quality Improvement Act of 1970 In enacting NEPA, Congress recognized that nearly all federal activities affect the environment in some way, and I agree with that. That is very much a possibility, and mandated that federal agencies must consider the environmental effects of their actions during their planning and decision-making processes. I agree with that. I think it's good to side 
um, on the on the side of caution, I guess you could say, and just uh, have some more due diligence there in decision making. Under NEPA, CEQ works to balance environmental, economic, and social objectives in pursuit of NEPA's goal of productive harmony between humans and their environment. I agree with that. I want to take it a step further and just say that if we focus on people, then the environment will take care of itself because if you if you if you put how word this, if your goal is to take care of people and to value people, then you're also going to value the environment that we all live in because we need the environment in order to sustain life. What I don't like to see within the EPA and anything to do with an environmental Uh, laws, rules, regulations is this demonizing people and just overdoing it on, you know, promoting trees and grass and plants and birds and all those things are great and wonderful. I mean, they were created by God. They're very much wonderful things that we are supposed to be a good steward of, but they do not take the place of importance of a human being because we have souls. Those other things I just mentioned do not have souls. So that's why we need to put people first in terms of this, in terms of policies. And then everything else will fall into place. If anything, I will take that a step further and say we need to put God first. Because when we put God first, that means that we value people no matter what, even if someone's wrong or right, we value them. So if I truly value or love my neighbor, whether it's a man, woman or a child, I'm not going to do something that's going to jeopardize their safety or their environment. So that's what I mean by we need to put people first because it was actually people that spoke up about these um environmental catastrophes that were happening or did occur or were not being cleaned up in the 50s and 60s. The environment didn't speak up and say anything because that's not its job. We are the ones that are supposed to speak up and be proactive. We are the ones that are the caretakers of this planet and the way that we take care of it. is we focus on what we personally need in our lives to sustain our life and to sustain life and well-being on this planet. Cuz the last thing I want to see happen is for any type of dehumanizing behavior or policies to be passed, which is what some of these environmental protection agency policies have been passed recently, especially the more liberal administration as it just seems like they kind of lose their way and they just start demonizing people and that's not That's not why we conduct research and development. It's not to demonize, it's to find a solution. And it's to make things better, not worse. So, that's how I personally view it and I think that's that I think that's where we need to go because I think when all you're doing is casting shame, it doesn't help. It really does not. It just creates a negative environment as opposed to a positive environment, right? So, we need to keep things positive regardless of what happens or occurs. That way, we are focused on our goal. and we're trying to do it in a way that brings positive results not negative results that kind of thing so it talks about the clinton administration it says president bill clinton appointed kathleen mcginty and then george t frampton junior to the chair agency the george w bush administration it says here president george w bush's ceq chairman was james l i think that's connotton my apologies if i mispronounce that and he served from 2001 um to 2009 he was formerly a partner at the law firm of Sidley Austin LLP that concerns me there where he lobbied to reduce government regulation on behalf of clients including the aluminum company of america and the chemical manufacturers association of america he should have never been put in that position because he he was a lobbyist 
I don't think lobbyists can be trusted in positions of power when working for the federal government. I think that's a conflict of interest. And if you haven't watched this Senate hearing, um, Senator Elizabeth Warren talked about this. I can't remember the name of the Senate hearing, but you can go to her YouTube channel, and they have all of her committee hearings on there. There was a really good one that she had uh, where she spoke, and she was calling out these lobbyists or the the inappropriate behavior. of the federal government hiring lobbyists that used to work for an industry but now they're working for the federal government and now they're supposed to call out that industry and what they're doing wrong and it's just a conflict of interest it really is because lobbyists are people that can be bought and sold in terms of their loyalty i i believe that's a character flaw and i don't think that's good for our country do we need lobbyists yes i do think places of business should have someone that speaks on their behalf and they should be able to go to any representative within the United States whether it's a representative a congressman a senator whatever the case may be you know our government regardless regardless of whether it's a state government or the federal government they need to be aware of how businesses operate in the private sector because the federal government does not create jobs if anything it's really good at getting rid of jobs by causing inflation however i don't trust lobbyists I I just there there's something wrong about that. If you're a lobbyist, God bless you. I pray that you are doing wonderful work and that you are enjoying your career, but I don't think you should ever be in any type of political office. I don't think you should ever work for the federal government because here's the thing, I've noticed that state agencies typically do not hire lobbyists, but the federal government does. And the reason why is state agencies they're more um skeptical about the uh, the efficacy or efficacy I should say in the ethics of a lobbyist as opposed to the federal government where it's almost like they'll they'll almost hire anyone because lobbyists are really good at flying under the radar and not being detected and I think that's why we have this revolving door of lobbyists they make a whole lot of money with a company that they're paid to protect and then whenever that job ends then they go work for the federal government within the same industry and then their their allegiance is not really to their country it's to themselves and or to the company that was previously employing them and that's the problem whenever someone works for the government whether it is a state job or a federal job their loyalty is supposed to be to their country it's a different type of job and, and technically it's a type of sacrifice because when you when you work for the government whether it's state or federal you're you're basically taking a pay cut because you're you're not going to be working in the private sector. So, I just find it odd when someone goes from working in the private sector, making a whole lot of money to working for the federal government in the exact same industry that they were lobbying for, but now they're supposed to hold them accountable for stuff like I just don't buy it. I just I just don't think that's right. So, if you haven't seen a Senator Elizabeth Warren's uh committee hearing and what she talked about in regards to this lobbyist issue I really do think you should take a uh, take a look at it because my mouth dropped when I saw it because I mean I am a republican capitalist and I think that what these lobbyists and what these companies are doing is wrong do do we need them yes we need them in the private sector but they have no business being in the public sector that's the problem cuz they they lack the proper judgment and ethics 
in order to work in the public sector. And the federal government already has enough problems with finding good people that make good decisions. We don't need to make things worse. We need to make things better. And I think that's what Senator Elizabeth Warren is trying to do and what has been doing for quite some time. And, you know, Senator Elizabeth Warren, thank you so much for the work that you do. And God bless you. I pray that you continue to do amazing good work. And thank you so much for calling these people out on it. And, and plus, I, I really like how you, you talk to people and you um, communicate with them in those Senate hearings because I find that you have decorum and you have manners. And there are some um, people on those committees, whether they are uh, Republican or Democrat, sometimes they are not always very polite, and I can't stand that. I think that whenever someone is being questioned – There, there needs to be dignity and respect, especially when difficult questions are being asked, because it's not about shaming and blaming. It's about getting to that kernel of truth and trying to make things better in our country. So I just want to give a big shout out to Senator Elizabeth Warren for uh, the, the good job that you do. I don't know how else to describe it, but I think it's really good, the, the work that you do. And for me to be impressed, considering that I am a Republican capitalist, I mean – That, that probably speaks volumes to a lot of people in terms of that. But um, I just really appreciate the good work that you do. So God bless you. I, I very much appreciate you for those things that you do. So it goes on to say, during the Bush administration, there were concerns over links between CEQ staffers and industries that oversaw. I can understand why, considering what we just read with lobbyists. BBC environment analyst Roger Harabin described it as a hardline group of advisors with close links to the U.S. oil industry. That's a problem. We should not have people with links to that industry serving those positions. That, that's a conflict of interest. So it says the CEQ chief of staff under President Bush, Philip Cooney, was previously a lobbyist employed by the American Petroleum Institute. That's a conflict of interest. He should have never been hired. In June 2005, the New York Times published an internal CEQ memo provided by federal whistleblower Rick uh, Piltz The memo showed Cooney had repeatedly edited government uh, climate reports in order to play down links between emissions and global warming. He should get in trouble for redacting like that. That is totally wrong, but he probably gets away with it. Cooney, who claimed he had been planning to resign for two years, resigned two days after the scandal broke to spend more time with his family. So basically, he gets a free pass because he claims he was planning to leave within two years. But it's like... You know, just because someone was thinking about leaving, that doesn't give them permission to borderline break the law. That's not an excuse. It's wrong. So people like that should be called out on it because if they're doing suspicious things like that there, they're probably going to continue to practice that suspicious behavior elsewhere, and that's a problem. It says here, immediately after resigning, Cooney went to work for ExxonMobil. Why am I not surprised? And I love ExxonMobil, but they need to be careful who they hire because that Cooney guy does not make their company look very good. It says Cooney went to work for ExxonMobil in their public affairs department. In 2005, Piltz created a watchdog organization, Climate Science Watch, a program of the Government Accountability Project. I'm perfectly fine with that. I think that's good. We're going to talk about the Obama administration real quick. It says, under President Barack Obama, Nancy Sutley served as chair of the Council on Environmental Quality. Um, let's see here, from January 2009 until February 2014. Following Sutley's departure, Michael Boots served as acting head of the council until March 2015. 
Christy Goldfuss was appointed to succeed Boots and served in the same capacity as managing director until the end of Obama's term in January 2017. Next, we're talking about the Trump administration. In October 2017, President Donald Trump nominated Kathleen Hartnett White, former chair of the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality, to be chair of CEQ. However, her nomination was withdrawn in February 2018 as she did not garner enough support in the Senate. I'm kind of not surprised by that because of her being the former chair of the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality. I think that um for some reason something's telling me that's a conflict of interest. I don't know why. Um maybe I read a story years ago about this, but something tells me something was off about that. So there's a reason why uh, she did not get confirmed. It says CEQ chief of staff and acting head Mary Newtmere was nominated and considered in the summer of 2018 as the chair. She was confirmed in January 2019. Moving on to the Biden administration, in December 2020, President Biden announced the selection of Brenda Mallory as the next chair of the CEQ. On March 24, 2021, the US Senate um let's see here Environment and Public Works Committee voted 11 to 9 to approve her appointment. Mallory has prior experience with CEQ under the Obama administration, having been the general counsel. At the time of her nomination, Mallory was the director of regulatory policy at the Southern Environmental Law Center, an advocacy and litigation group. On April 14, 2021, Mallory was confirmed as the leader of the White House Council on Environmental Quality by a 53 to 45 vote in the United States Senate. She is the first African American chair of the CEQ. Mallory took part in the virtual 2021 Leaders Climate Summit. God bless her. That's wonderful. Next, I'm going to list off the different chairs that have preceded her. So it says here the first one was Russell Train. His term of office was from 1969 to 1973. He served under President Richard Nixon. The next one is Russell Peterson. He served from 1973 to 1976 and he served under President Richard Nixon and Gerald Ford. The next one is John Buster Rudd. He served from 1976 to 1977 and he served under the presidency of Gerald Ford. The next one is Charles Warren. He served from 1977 to 1979 and he served under President Jimmy Carter. The next one is Gus Speth. He served from 1979 to 1981 and he served under the presidency of Jimmy Carter. The next one is A Allen Hill. He served from 1981 to 1989 and he served under the administration of President Ronald Reagan. The next one is Michael Deland. He served from 1989 to 1993 and he served under the administration of President George H W Bush. The next one is Kathleen McGinty. She served from 1995 to 1998 and she served under the presidency of President Bill Clinton. The next one is George T Frampton. He served from 1998 to 2001. He served under the presidency of President Bill Clinton. The next one is James L Connaughton. He served from June 18, 2001 to to January 19, 2009. He served under the presidency of President George W Bush. The next one is Nancy Sutley. She served from January 22, 2009 to February 2014, and she served under the presidency of President Barack Obama. The next one is Michael Boots. His uh his term or let's see here. He served from February 2014 to March 2015, and he served under the presidency of President Barack Obama. The next one is Christy Goldfuss. 
She served from March 2015 to January 2017, and she served under the presidency of President Barack Obama. The next one is Mary New uh, Newmare. She served from January 10th, 2019, to January 20th, 2021. She served under the presidency of President Donald Trump. The next one and current one is Brenda Mallory. Let's see. She was appointed April 16th, 2021, to president, and she is under the current administration of President Joe Biden. So, obviously, this is a really good um, council. Technically, I guess it's kind of an agency. I'm not really sure how else to describe it because it's kind of under with the. Um, it, it's connected to the executive office of the president, but it's also in regards to the EPA. So it kind of. It kind of overlaps a little bit with different things, but I think it's a really good office to have. I think they do a lot of good work, and、um, all the people that have been listed off, I can't necessarily think of any scandals that come to mind.、Um, you know, I, I can look them up later, but the only thing I get concerned with is whenever presidents that are not very good, such as President Jimmy Carter, it, it always makes me wonder why they pick who they pick because if If they're not, let me put it this way: President Jimmy Carter was one of the worst presidents we have ever had in the United States. He was completely incompetent for the job, and he picked a whole lot of bad people to be in charge of things. So it really makes me want to look into who is Charles Warren and who is Gus Speth. Just right off the top,、um, it says here that Charles Hugh Warren was an American lawyer and Democratic politician who served in the California State Assembly from 1963 to 1977. And then he held a cabinet position、um, under President Jimmy Carter. That concerns me right there. That he was a Democratic、uh, politician.、Um, I don't think we should just how do I describe this? I don't think we should be moving politicians just from one office to the other, whether it's elected or not. I think we need to get new blood in there. I think we need to get good people in there. And I think just continuously using politicians all the time, like just moving them from. You know, an elected position to an appointed position. I think that's corruption. I, I don't think that's right to do that. And I think that happens in both the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. And I know it has to do with alliances and favoritism, but yeah, it's not the American way. The next one that was under Jimmy Carter was、um, Gus Speth. It's James Gustav Gus Speth. Oh, Gustav. Okay, that's a very interesting name there. Let's see. He's an American environmental environmental lawyer and advocate who co-founded the Natural Resources Defense Council. Now, let me see here. I want to look something up. Okay, so he went to Yale and then some other college. Let's see here. Balliol College and then Oxford, I guess. Not really sure how you pronounce that, but、um, anyway, it, it does concern me whenever. They're just kind of moving people around, but you're not really getting anybody new. And unfortunately, whenever you're not employing new people, you're just moving people from agency to agency or from、um, elected position to elected position. You're not staying in tune with what the American people want, and you're isolating yourself away from the American people. And it's the American people that you work for. So I always get concerned with things like that. Because it, it just pops up as a red flag in my brain. Because I think you need, I think you need to be aware of what is going on in America. And if all you do is shutting America out, then you're not going to really know what's going on, even regards to the environment. So I kind of feel like sometimes offices like this, 
um, can be held by elitist, and that's what I think some of these um, these lawyers are. That when they just go from one political office to another, or they just go from a lobbyist to another, things like that, that's an elitist mentality, and that's not the American way. And in fact, it's it's quite wrong, and it's not ethical. And it, you know, it may not necessarily be illegal, but um, it gets my attention, and not for the right reasons. It's it's not a good reason to get my attention with things like that because it makes me raise my eyebrows. So, but anyway, um, that is it for this podcast. And until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole. That you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Smallest steps, waves transform the earth.